this is a ministry of prayer. That's what the Lord said to me. It's a ministry. And every single believer in the body of Christ needs to take up their ministry and begin to pray out the plan of God in the earth in these last days. It's not just for a select group of people. It's not just for a special group of people. No, the ministry of prayer belongs to the body of Christ. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to Ephesians chapter 6. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And let's look at the 18th verse. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Hallelujah. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Hallelujah. And we've looked at this scripture many times, but we've, and we've looked at this and talked about this, but a more literal way to read this scripture is praying always with all prayer, all kinds of prayer and all kinds of supplication being led by the spirit. And so thank God that when we come to him and pray, when we go to the Father in prayer, that we can be led by the Spirit. Amen. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 substantiates this. Why don't we look at that this morning? Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 further gives light on um, being led by the Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does in prayer for the saints says, likewise, the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, or a better translation would be himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And verse 27 says, And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Um, and so looking back at verse 26, you'll notice it's that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, he helpeth in prayer. Uh, one of the, when you look at the word comforter in the Greek, John chapter 14, verse 16 says, I will pray the Father, he will give you another comforter. When you look up the full meaning of the name comforter, you'll find that within that name is helper. And the Holy Spirit is our helper, but how does he help us? How does he help us? Well, in one way that he helps us is in our prayer life. One way that he helps us, one significant way that he helps us is in our prayer life. Uh, he helpeth our infirmities, verse 26 says. And again, if you look that up and study it out, that just means weakness or inability. The inability of not knowing what to pray for or how to pray at times. And there's um, 
different things within that. Sometimes we know what to pray for, but we don't know how to pray about it. Other times we don't know what to pray for, but we know we're supposed to pray. Uh, there's different situations, and the Holy Spirit is our helper within all of those situations, in all of those situations. And so whatever we need to do, whatever the Holy Spirit is inspiring us to do, whatever the Lord uh, is dealing with us about praying about, to pray about, the Holy Spirit is right there to help us in those inabilities, in those weaknesses or the weakness of not knowing how to pray. And so it goes on to say in verse 26, we know, he goes on to describe what that infirmity looks like. For we know not what or how we should pray for as we ought. Notice the phrase as we ought, because there's a lot of people out there praying as they ought, as they want. And it's not always in line with the will of heaven the way the Lord wants it to be prayed out. Um, sometimes, like I said, people, and I've seen this many times, people know what they're supposed to be praying about. They know they're praying about a certain situation, even knowing they're being led to pray about that situation, but they're praying their own will out in that situation rather than praying out the will of heaven. Are you listening to me? And so it's so important that we let the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost lead us and help us as we pray. Because the way we ought to pray is where we let the Holy Spirit lead us and it leads us right into the perfect will of God. And we just looked at that back in Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication, being led by the Spirit. So, for we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit, like I said, better translation would be himself, not itself, the Holy Spirit is not a it, himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so here we find where the Holy Spirit is making intercession for us in prayer. That's part of his help. He's a go-between in prayer. And you understand... Um, in natural terms, in, in the society that we live in, we have go-betweens and for different situations, whatever the case may be. We have, an, we have attorneys, lawyers, who go between us and the judge uh, to plead our case, to help plead our case. We have, um, a lot of times in unions, you'll find that there's a go-between between the union and the person or the employer or the business. And oftentimes there's a go-between to represent those that are within that union. And so we have go-betweens in society. We understand a little bit about go-betweens. But a lot of times Christians don't understand how the Holy Spirit is a go-between in prayer. He intercedes for us in prayer. How does he do that? Well, part of what this, part of the understanding that we can find about this is right here at the end of this verse, which is with groanings which cannot be uttered. But there's more to it than that. He is giving us utterance. He is giving us the words to say as we pray. He's leading us on how to pray while we uh, go before the Father. Um, 
And now these groanings, I'm not going to get in it too deep today, but there's, there's a lot of revelation within the word groanings, how deep you can go in groanings. How deep you can go in groanings, where your spirit is groaning before uh, Father God and where things are being moved in the realm of the spirit. And like I said, we're not going to have time to go into it today, but I'll just throw this in here for you, that um, this level or this depth in prayer doesn't come overnight and it doesn't come just in the first five minutes of praying it comes in uh, dedicated diligent prayer for uh, long periods of time where you get deep in the spirit and begin to groan in the spirit and um, you're moving heaven and earth in the spirit and we're going to teach on that later on but um, let's move on to verse 27 he says here and he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh notice intercession again for the saints according to the will of god not according to the will of man not not according to how i got it figured out not according to what somebody else said i should pray about or how i should pray about it or what somebody else said the situation is no according to the will of god according to the will of God. I want you to notice twice you find the word intercession in these two verses. The intercession that the Spirit of God makes for us in prayer, and it's according to the will of God. Jesus makes intercession for us at the right hand of God. You find that in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, right a little bit farther down in this chapter. He's making the intercession for us at the throne of God. His blood makes intercession for us. And thank God for it. Praise God for it. And, um, and like I've taught, we don't make intercession for the saints because Jesus makes intercession for the saints. We're called to supplicate. But here the Holy Ghost makes intercession for us in prayer according to the will of God. Can you say amen? And so that's Romans eight twenty six, And then we looked at Ephesians six eighteen, Being led by the Spirit, praying always with all prayer and supplication, being led by the Spirit in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. Uh, I believe that both are correct, but it's, you know, when you say in the Spirit, it can also almost take away the full meaning of what uh, Paul was trying to get across to us in that verse. Because it is in the Spirit, but it is being led by the Spirit. And when you're in the Spirit, you will be led by the Spirit. So it carried, those, are, those both are correct. Now look over at John chapter 15. Hallelujah. And while we're turning over there, I'll just tell this story again. I remember one time I had a situation where I needed to pray about some things, and I, uh, I had preconceived ideas of how I should pray about it. Um, I had come to the place in my own self where I, um, I just figured I knew the whole situation. I knew everything that needed to happen in that situation. It had to do with an individual. And I just, I said, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, this is what needs to happen. <laughs> and um, I just, I'll save you some time in life. Don't ever say that to the Lord. <laughs> Don't ever say, Lord, this is what needs to happen. Cause you know, uh, that's not going to go well for you. <laughs> that doesn't work with him. No, 
I, but I did. I, I said, Lord, this is what needs to happen with this person. I'm just fed up with dealing with this person. I don't want to have to handle this anymore. I just want them to go. And so I started to pray along those lines. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. And thank God for, uh, for just his patience with us and his willingness to continue to deal with us, to pray in line with his will. I just got into the spirit and immediately I could tell the way that I thought it needed to be prayed out was not the way it needed to be prayed out. I was trying to pray a certain individual out when the Lord wanted me to pray for them to stay in. I wanted to pray against them, so to speak, and the Lord wanted me to pray for them. You'll never find the Lord leading you to pray against another member of the body of Christ. You may complain against the body of Christ. You may complain. And it's, you know, and honestly, I've done that from time to time. I've gone to the Lord and complained about something. And, you know, the Lord will put up with that for some time, but eventually he wants you to uh, be doers of his word. And so... Um, as we, I was just praying, the Lord led me not to pray against him or speak against him, but to pray for him. Because remember, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, or being led by the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. For all saints. And so we find, we will find in our lives, in our prayer life that the Lord will constantly be dealing with, with us to pray for the body of Christ. I just, last night, and for the last couple nights, I've been praying for an individual um, that I haven't thought about in five years, but all of a sudden the Lord's dealing with me to pray for him again. And, um, you know, from time to time, we'll find ourselves thinking about a certain person, or they'll keep coming up in our mind, and I've said to people, if, you know, if somebody's coming up in your mind over and over again, then you should probably start praying for them. The Lord's probably dealing with you about praying. You know, you're not just thinking of them randomly. Um, you're, you're being led by the Spirit of God. You're, he's bringing them up to you for a reason. And I've just encouraged people and taught over the years, you know, just go with that. Just begin to pray for them and see where the Lord takes you um, in that prayer. But I haven't been thinking about this person for five years. And all of a sudden, the Lord brought him up to, in my heart and, and to my mind and dealt with me to pray for them. I have no idea their situation naturally, but the Lord's dealing with me to pray for them. And so I'm, gonna, I'm interested to see where it goes. But the Lord will always deal with us to pray for. Pray for. And like I said I, in this last other story, that I wanted to go against I wanted to oppose, I wanted to just get the person away, but the Lord was dealing with me to pray for them, pray for their heart, pray that they uh, walk in the light of his will, pray the Ephesians prayers for him, and um, completely led me in a different direction, and the end of that story is that after I did that, the, the individual that I'm talking about uh, began to turn and to do right and and became a blessing not a hindrance to the plan of god and so thank god if we'll be led by the spirit if we'll follow the holy spirit's leading that we uh we can turn situations in people's lives are you listening to me that is so important if we'll be led by the spirit and pray the way he tells us to pray and be persevering perseverance in that or persevere in that then uh we can turn situations in people's lives we can uh begin to see change and growth in their lives can you say amen, amen. 
Glory be to God. You're in John chapter 15, verse 7, correct? Let's look at this as one of our main texts. It says, if you abide in me, the words of Jesus, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. And herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. And so shall you be my disciples. And so notice there's verse seven and verse eight, they go together. The father, our father, God is glorified. He is honored and glorified when we bear much fruit in prayer. Um, and I think that too often times Christians get the erroneous idea that um, if their prayers are not answered, that somehow there was a reason, or if I didn't receive what I was hoping or believing for, that somehow God had a reason for it, but he still gets all the glory out of it. Sometimes people say, well, uh, that person went home early. They died of sickness and disease, but it must have been for a reason, and God still gets all the glory. Well, he doesn't get glory in sickness and disease, and when Christians fail to um, receive all that he's provided for them. When they fail to, um, to uh, gr take hold of everything that he has given to them, he's not glorified in that. He's not glorified in unanswered prayers. He's not glorified in uh, con the confusion of his body. He's not glorified when Christians are in the dark about things. Are you listening to me? You can pray in the dark in prayer. Uh, you can pray in the dark. You can um, think you're believing right, but be in the dark about it. You can, you know, just think you're in faith, but really it's feigned faith or it's more of just a, a hope, a human hope rather than faith, and that's being in the dark. There's a lot of times people think they're in genuine faith, and it's nothing more than just uh, wishy-washy hoping and it's, it, you know, it's just not, it's not really producing the results that they want to see. You know, sometimes I've heard, I've heard people pray over the years and you listen to them pray and they try to sound spiritual. They sa try to sound religious, but it's mixed with so much unbelief and so much doubt. You might as well just say twinkle, twinkle, little star how I wonder what you are. And that, that'd be just about the same amount of good, do about the same amount of good. <laughs> are you listening to me? You might as well, and you know, they just, they just are in the dark about the whole thing. People are praying in the dark every single day. Christians pray in the dark. And why is that? Because the word of God isn't abiding in them. Because Jesus said, my words, if they abide in you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That's not, that's not being in the dark. That's praying in the light. Because see, uh, Psalms 119.105 said, uh, your word is a lamp unto my feet. And your word is a light unto my path. And then in the same chapter, but verse 130, it says, Psalms 119.130, the entrance of thy word, it giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. The entrance of thy word giveth light. 
So what is Jesus wanting us to do? He wants us to pray in line with his word. He wants his word to be in us so that we can pray in the light, so that we can ask in the light. <laughs>